0: One to devour. He saw that in Judas, didn't he? And Judas opened his heart and Satan came in. He sought that in the case of Peter as well. And Satan came into his heart. It can happen to us. I don't want you to think about how that looks. How does, how does the Bible describe that? Well, go to Hebrews chapter 6. It's, it's not a pretty picture. That is the one who, who falls from grace. In Hebrews 6 and verse 4, for in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, think about all the privilege, all the blessing of the position of this war, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucified to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. It's sobering, isn't it? Every time a Christian falls from grace, Jesus hangs on the cross again. He's crucified once more. He's put to open shame. In 2 Peter, the second chapter, Peter uses even more terrible language in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20, for if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment, handed to them It has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mire. And isn't that where Peter and Judas found themselves? After their fall? After their actions that resulted in being severed from Christ? But let's think about the recovery. Let's think about the rest Of the story. And the good news, and everything in the Bible is good news for those who have faith in God, that is that spiritual recovery is possible. Now, it didn't happen in the case of Judas. If you go with me to the book of Acts, we'll look at first the case of Judas and then the case of Peter to see what happened. In Acts, the first chapter, we read about the appointment of an apostle who replaced Judas. Because Judas took his life. He committed suicide. He never recovered from his fall. And in verse 15, the Bible says, At that time Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren, a gathering about 120 persons, and said, Brethren, the Scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was counted among us and received his share in this ministry. Look at where he was when he fell. Now this man acquired a field with the price of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all of his intestines gushed out. What a way for a life to end. And it became known to all who were living in Jerusalem so that in their own language that field was called Hakadamel, that is, the field of blood. And then he quoted from the Psalms, it is written, let his homestead be made desolate and let no one dwell in it and let another man take his office. Because of his sin, he had to be replaced. But the Bible says his homestead became desolate and no one would dwell in it. He fell, but he never recovered. That can happen to us. If we fall from grace, if we're severed from Christ, we have a choice. We we have a decision to make. Are we going to get back up? Are we going to finish the dance? Are we going to finish the course? Are we going to we're going to continue to fight the good fight of faith, or are we going to stay dead? Chapter 2 and verse 14. They're assembled on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is poured out on the apostles. And who's the first one to stand up and speak? It's Peter. Peter taking his stand with the eleven. It could have been Judas. Think about it. It could have been Judas who stood up. But Judas left his life. He never recovered. Peter made the decision. He was sifted like wheat. Satan had him. Judas never pulled free. But Peter did. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 32, this is an excitement statement made by Jesus. After having stated that Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, Jesus went on to say, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and you, when once you have been turned again, strengthen your brother. And he did. Peter spent the rest of his life responding to the prayer of Christ and strengthening his brethren and preaching the gospel and doing good and following in the footsteps of Jesus. Did he fall again? If he did, he got back up. In Hebrews, the seventh chapter, looking and thinking about that that prayer of Jesus on behalf of Peter. In Luke chapter 7 and verse, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, The Bible says, therefore he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Isn't it encouraging that God wants those who fall away to come back? And isn't it encouraging as well to know that Jesus is praying about that? Jesus wants those who have fallen away to recover. He doesn't want us to stay away from him forever, to be severed. He doesn't want us to take the path of Judas. He wants us to take the path of Peter. Draw near to God. Jesus forever lives to make intercession for us. And then in 1 John chapter 1, John writes about the possibility of sin. He writes about the possibility of of our turning our backs and our hearts away from God. Verse 5 of 1 John chapter 1, This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Does that describe you this morning? But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light... We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Jesus wants us to recover. He wants us to overcome. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we'll have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not only for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. Spiritual recovery is possible. Jesus is praying for your recovery if you ever find yourself in that place. We can recover if we fall. If you're here this morning, our prayer is that you are walking with Christ. That you are being cleansed of your sins as you walk in the life. If you have not taken the step to become a child of God so that you can have the benefits of that second law of pardon, forgiveness beyond baptism, then we ask this morning that you consider the condition of your soul. That you think about confessing the faith that is in your heart, to repent of your sins, to be baptized, to have those sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. And be that you've fallen from grace. If you want us to pray for you and with you this morning, we will. Or you may just want to pray to God yourself and ask Him to forgive you. You know that Jesus is offering that prayer. Whatever the case may be, if you're subject to the invitation, please come as we stand and say.